Welcome, everybody. Good to see you, see you all. Welcome, Very welcome. Nice. Carl, how you doing? No, I'm doing. I'm doing. Cassie, doing good, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. Let's give it a few minutes as people join. Why people join? Let's do some intros. Dan Case, how you doing, Dan? Welcome. Thank you. Doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited. Um, yeah. Intro. I guess I'll introduce myself. I'm the creative director for Refine Labs, and um, I've got about 17-ish years in the creative industry. Done everything from design to advertising, broadcast, marketing, you name it. I've even, I think at one time, had to choose the paint color for a, a client's bathroom wall, which was always a fun assignment. <laughs> is that the highlight of your career? Uh, <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm sure it still is there. They're probably, every time they walk in, they're like, this paint color is amazing. Thanks to me. So um, I also, let's see, I um, spent maybe the last five years or so just leading teams. So kind of a transition more into creative direction and leadership. And um, right now I live I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan, but uh, we're living in the Patagonia region of Argentina. So doing like a year long field trip, sort of a crazy experiment with, with uh, I've got four kids. So we thought, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Dan, hold on. I didn't know this. You're in, right in now? Argentina right, right now. now? You're, you're there right now. I'm there right now. What? It's Argentina is great. Cause it's only, only one hour difference. So it's one hour east, basically. So I can work the eastern time zone. Um, there's good internet here. I'm in Bariloche, which is a, uh, it's a tourist destination for the most part. Um, so there's solid infrastructure and you know, everything you need. Occasionally the power goes out, but that's about it. Yeah, wow. I had no so, idea. Yeah. So we do a lot. We're hiking mountains and I don't know, seeing, seeing stuff, learning Spanish. That's awesome. How's your Spanish, Dan? It's coming along. It's uh, it's coming along slowly. When I, when we moved here, I I had I had no Spanish, and now I'm uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. A lot of I people can, uh, food. speak English out there for the most part. Um, uh, locals. It's yeah, for the most part. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. It's probably their second language. Um, so it's I would say seventy five percent of the people speak English. Cool. So for yeah. those uh, for those listening, if you didn't know, we're just here to interview Dan today. Yeah, that's it. It's I'm just kidding. Everybody's that's like, amazing. Do it. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing, Dan. Well, enjoy <laughs> you enjoy your time there. I'm getting thrown off by Carl sitting in a different room than I normally uh, see him. I got to see mm. Carl like five times a day, and this is the first time I've ever seen this setup. So yeah, this is um, my wife's setup. Uh, so this is like a craft room, and that's where I'm at today. I got kicked out of my room because it's where the attic access is. And as I told you, Cassidy, I'll share with the rest of the, the group here that uh, the Ferreira family is going through a hard time. We need one of our HVAC units replaced and that's happening today. So I'm like, Ugh. so it's hot. <laughs> and you know, I have to unfortunately cut a large check today. So I've been better Cassidy, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, so I may need some therapy later. Well, you know, this is this hour is perfect for you because we're going to listen to Dan do the latest uh, creative breakdown on a company called Dash Lane. So yep. I'm looking forward to this, um, as, I, as I hope all the rest of you are. The way this works is Dan's going to pull up some slides. He's going to kind of walk through 
Um, and we're going to have a dialogue around kind of what he sees and what he learns and looking at um, this company from a, from a creative perspective. And what we'd love all of you to do is obviously pay attention, but two, ask questions. Um, very informal. So let's go through this. We won't have all the answers. We want to do this together. So um, as we go through this, uh, you know, pull up their website, start taking a look yourself, and let's get into a good dialogue here about how um, all the things that Dashlane is doing well and some of the ways that they could improve. And hopefully you'll learn a few things along the way that you can take back to your own company. So with that, Dan, I'm going to turn it over to you. Perfect. Um, does my screen show up nicely? The stack yes, and growth, creative teardown. I purposely did some design work and put creative teardown, teardown, teardown. So it has the echo effect in your head, like the uh, radio station broadcasts of old. All right. Brilliant designer there, Dan. That's amazing. <laughs> That's right. So Dashlane, this is the company that we're going to go over today. This is a super interesting one. Uh, Carl and I were talking earlier. We're trying to figure out like, hey, what what companies like should we present? Let's look at some some different options. And, you know, Dashlane's one of those companies that lately they've been doing a lot of cool stuff. So sometimes it's like you could take a couple angles with this, right? You could say, all right, what are some companies that are that's doing nothing right? And then we can like show them how to do things right. Or there's this this avenue, which I kind of like, which is let's look at some things that uh, this company is doing great. And that's a great way to learn. Um, the other interesting thing with, with Dashlane, they seem to have a lot of money. They seem to be spending it. So I'm sure that um, that must be really nice for them. I don't know. Not, not a lot of companies in that, that boat right now. So we'll see. Here's some just some overview basics. They Dashlane, obviously a popular password management software solution. They, they help users secure and manage their passwords, personal data, payment information, that kind of thing across all kinds of platforms, devices. Um, this was, this is the interesting thing. They're very, they have a B2C and B2B focus. You'll see that in their website. There's actually, there's like a toggle and different places where you can sort of switch the website up from like a B2B focus and a B2C focus. It's, you know, and going through it, I, I think most companies that have that like dual focus struggle with the website and how to present to these different users. Um, I, I have yet to see somebody do it right where it's like, oh, that's a great solution. Um, so even a company like Dashlane that spends millions of dollars has like the same pain point and you can almost feel it in their website. But um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to pull things apart a little bit. Hopefully you get um, a little bit of insight from us and, and you know, hopefully it's valuable to you. But at the end of the day, hopefully it's fun too, right? Because if we're not having fun, then we're wasting our lunch hour, I guess. Um, so anyway, let's let's get into it. Uh, I wanted to talk about the branding first. I think probably this is not typically something we'd start with. We'd probably start with like, hey, let's look at their email marketing. Let's look at their website and you know, go into some of the tactics. Uh, but it's really worth noting kind of their branding because they've clearly spent some some money on it and it's good it shows i've got a slide a little bit later that that shows the um sort of the evolution their old logo and their new one obviously logo just being part of it but, but they they did this rebrand with um with pentagram pentagram is uh they're, they're probably the most famous design firm in the world they're 
super um, good at what they do. It started by Alan Fletcher, who was a, a prominent designer back in the 70s. And I think the name Pentagram is basically, there became five um, owners of the company or five partners. And so they called it Pentagram. Um, but they've done a ton of notable logos uh, like Citibank, MasterCard, DC Comics, uh, Tiffany and Company. I mean, they like some of the best of the best logos and branding done by Pentagram. So they obviously Dashlane paid some money and, and uh, used them and it's great. So I love the way this, if you look at this as a logo set, as a, as a branding exercise, it's got great color, very, feels really modern. Um, the nice typography, the using the dash really makes total sense. And the way, if you actually go to the, um, the pentagram website, you can see like some of the other executions of their branding, but one of the cool things they did is they really took this dash and made it all kinds of things, like all kinds of backgrounds, all sorts of like 3D things that spin. It's really cool, super memorable. They also did a TV commercial, something I want to share because it was actually in the Super Bowl. And so Super Bowl 2020, I think it was. And they clearly, you could tell this is a company, they want people to use Dashlane. They want people to switch. They want companies to switch. And they're putting... You know, they're putting the money where, where it counts to really get people to switch. I mean, that, that Super Bowl ad alone, probably the media spend, I don't know, six, seven million dollars, not cheap. Um, but the cool thing is, it's fun to see, you know, even in like the branding or in, in the advertising, how those conceptual moments work themselves out in different touch points. How does that concept work itself out? in the in the paid advertising in you know different things that they're doing across the board so okay so the next slide should be a video and hit play here please uh, please can we go back I, I i have money i can pay you uh, wait is that where we're going i mean that place looks amazing yeah I must think I'm such a baby. Um, I, I don't know. Oh, um, scrambles. Oh, no, 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 uh, the fish. Okay, uh, Miss Bigley. Miss Big, Miss B, Miss B, Miss B, Miss B, why are you? Uh, dolphin trainer, dolphin trainer, I didn't want to be a dolphin trainer. Stop doing that, you go back. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right. So obviously a fun spot. They, they spent good money on it and they did it right. Right. But here's, what's great about this spot is that it doesn't talk about the product. It doesn't talk about all the features. It doesn't go into a whole lot about really what it does. It talks about the pain point and that's it. It, it just takes one pain that we've all felt it right. When you forget your password too many times, in that moment of total defeat, they just they just capitalized on that one little moment that is a, an emotional connection that we've all felt, and they just they overemphasized it. Right? They went into hyper hyperbole mode, um, and that really works. In fact, that's a great you know I, 
as I lead creatives, like this is one of the main levers that I often talk about and how to get people, how to, how to get the teams to deliver better ideas and better creative is sometimes it just takes focusing, finding that one pain point and then just exploring it just a little further to where you get some into some hyperbole or you get into an area where you're, where you start to really feel the emotion of what that feels like when you've been through that pain. So that, and then of course the, uh, when he opens his, his mouth and it's like a series of uh, the same shot over and over again, which is just weird and fun. And then the ending of a guy running mid air and the cool hook, all of it's great. All of it works together. Um, so I think there's a lot to learn as far as dash lanes advertising. And obviously they did a great job with it, but you know, that kind of stuff, you can look, you can take an ad like that and really build it out and be like, all right, what's the same sort of pains that my customer go through? Like what, what kind of, what, what ticks them off when they like are going through a process that we solve? Um, and then how do we talk about that in an interesting way? So anyway, love that. Yeah, Dan, what I want to jump in, there's something here that I think is important to point out. And that is, this isn't a Nike pointing out the pain or, you know, some consumer brand, this is password security. And so, you know, often what I hear in the B2B space is like, listen, we can't do anything fun and cool because we sell something boring or serious. I'm not sure you get any more boring and serious than like security passwords. and passwords, <laughs> but they've actually been able to level that up. So I think if, yeah, we're not all going to go off and spend money on a Super Bowl, but I think your point of being able to focus on the pain and kind of bring it to life and make it human for the rest of your, for your audience is a key one. Yep. No doubt. Yeah. No more boring products. Yeah. There are no boring. Pro oh, yeah. Yeah. No boring products. Only boring people. I love it. It's, it right. And I think uh, that is such a key point that um, it, there aren't boring products. The fact is all it takes is, is not being boring. I think in, in a lot of times in our intro slides to new customers or, or pitch decks, um, we'll even talk about not being boring, which sounds a little harsh, but it's like, it's true. People, uh, there, there is a reward if you can entertain people just a touch. Um, and that really grabs their attention. I used to have a, a creative director that would say, um, you know, when, when you pitched a good ad to him or a good idea, he would say, yeah, that's the kind of idea that like sticks to the, to the roof of my mind, which is sort of a funny way to say like, oh yeah, like that's something, something clicked in there that I'm going to remember, you know? Uh, but some takeaways here, um, obviously the advertising's memorable. The music hook is great. The new logo uh, on, in branding, the new logo, you know, it, you could tell it's, it's formatted for a new generation of, of kind of web design and how we, how we use logos uh, in today's environment. Um, very recognizable. Colors are great. Here, here's the example down below of the old logo to the new, obviously a pretty big shift there. Dan, do you mind right. if I ask a few questions here that would be going through my mind um, as I Let's hear from it. you? One is, how do you, as a designer, why does this resonate? Meaning from the outside, I'm like, yeah, the, the logo looks better. But you point out a bunch of things around the flexibility, the design, um, and the branding gives to you mm -hmm. as a creator. Can you unpack that a little bit? Like, what are you looking for when you think about a system here, a brand system or a design system that yeah. others may want to keep in mind as they go down this path? 
Yep. So when, when you're employing design, you, you end up having some choices to make. You can find a really good photo, find a nice line, put it on the website, put it on your thing, find some nice colors and put them together and make them look good. And that's fine. That will, most people can do that. Most people will do that. But to take things to the next level, you have to, you have to take elements from the brand that are, that are like inherent in their branding. And then you have to pull them out and sprinkle them throughout the work so that the, when the viewer sees that thing that you just made, they're not feeling like, oh, this could be anybody or this could be this person. Maybe I'm confusing it with a competitor. They instantly recognize that and they see that it's uniquely that company. And so that is memorable. That sticks to them. So that's really what you're looking for with design. That's really what you're looking for with most visual communication. Um, and when you have a system like what they did with Dashlane that allows you to take elements, pull them out, and then play with them in different ways and sprinkle them throughout the, throughout the creative, throughout the communication, that just, that starts to sing a song that starts to really make things come together. So, you know, using the dashes, making it a pattern, using the colors in a unique way, using the typography in a way that's not just laid out flat, it's, it's scattered. It's sort of like its own approach, right? But it's all in the branding. It's all inherent. Does that answer your answer? Yeah. Your so it's kind of like a, you're looking for extensibility, I guess, of the brand, mm -hmm. um, obviously consistency and flexibility. And, and I think you point out something else here, like they're obviously looking at this going to be um, a kind of digital first brand strategy. Yep. And so they want to yep. make sure like the font and the style and that flexibility is kind of plays out across like digital elements. I assume if I'm saying that correctly, that's, that's yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. How do you, how do you make it flexible enough to play through all kinds of dig digital elements? And, you know, I'm, there was a day I remember when we used to do a ton of print and advertising and it was like, it, you saw, because of that, you saw certain things. You saw a lot of like serif type fonts. You saw a lot of, you know, things that really played well to print. Um, now we've come to a point where you have to, everything has to play really well to digital. So mm -hmm. the design has to shift to be able to, to work well. Yeah. So, so I got a question. This one's probably a little tougher. What was the conversation like in Dashlane? And I know I'm going to ask you to kind of project to do a rebranding. And I think, and the reason I'm asking that is kind of one, that company was probably already successful. Why they, how did they come to the conclusion to spend all this money to do mm. something different? But also I want this to kind of permeate to folks who are earlier in early stage companies. Like when do you, when and how do you decide to do this? Because it is a big effort. It may not always be a big effort in terms of spend, but mm -hmm. it's a big effort for the company because you got to change a lot of things. You got to get a lot of people bought in. Everybody's got an opinion, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, it's a tough process to go through. Yeah. How do you determine that? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent question. I think, I think you have to look at things. Um, one, I, there is an element of 
just consumer approach. I think you can obviously listen to consumers and listen to what, what the audience is saying, but a little bit of it has to be, you, you have to say is, is what we're doing working? Is it, does it look like if we want to be the best, let's say they're like, we want to be the best, the main password protection company that there is, we want to be the best one. Do we look like the best? Do we, do we, is our approach, does it feel like it's the best? Is, are all our touch points, are they like, are they the best or not? And if not, then we need to figure out how to change it to make it that way. And I think, I, I think it's asking those sorts of questions and then really drilling down and like trying to, and it's hard because you have to take yourself out of the, the seat of, okay, this is something that like, this is the brand that is us and it, it's what I know is us and it's been us for years. You know, you have to take yourself out of that and say, what, what could be better? Um, though, as far as when to do that, I, that's a, that's a tough one. I think maybe you always have to be asking that. So, and as far as when you pull the trigger, um, that's that's a tough one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've always found um, and kind of playing this back. I've, I've gone through this uh, several times at companies, um, often it being my idea uh, for better mm -hmm. or worse. And one thing I notice in doing that is either at a major inflection point in the company's direction, where yep. you need to kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, grow up or present yourself in a different way, and or I've gone into companies where the brand didn't reflect the culture and the personality of the company. Hmm. And so the people, the drive, the direction, the vision of the company was one thing that I observed inside the company. And then the way we portrayed ourselves externally didn't match. And to me, that was a problem because we couldn't demonstrate a level of authenticity about who we were and kind of how we see the future. If like the design and the brand element of that did not allow us to give us the room to do that. Um, mm. If that makes any sense. So part internal in terms of like, does this really represent who we are today versus maybe who we were when we started the company 20 years ago? Uh, and then two, um, look for kind of a major inflection in kind of the direction of the company and kind of reassess, um, do we need to take the brand in a different direction because we're going in a different direction as a company? Kind of mm -hmm. just two checkpoints. I have one thing yeah. I'll add there, Cassidy, to that. I think those are two great checkpoints. And again, as a salesperson talking about when you should do a rebrand, right? So grain of salt moment here, everyone. But um, I do talk to a lot of marketing teams, obviously, all day long, selling refined labs. And I think another thing to consider is maturity of the current marketing, right? I wouldn't like probably initiate a big rebrand if we're not like winning on other like directly attributable channels, right? If we're still like figuring out how to make Google search work and LinkedIn work and our maturity of our marketing strategy is still like sputtering or struggling, like brand is not a silver bullet. It'd probably harm you to go through this transformation at the wrong time in your kind of like marketing strategies maturity. If you look at like big rebrands that I admire, like Dashlane or like uh, Clary, right? Recently went through a big one they were winning already like their marketing engine was humming and then they were like rebrand is like this doubling down this like elevation from a really strong foundation that they already built so that's kind of like a third marker that i would think of 
if I was, you know, a marketing team, I think the timing matters as well, as far as, again, maturity of your, of your marketing org. Um, if you have a bunch of things to do and like, again, LinkedIn isn't working or should we do a rebrand? I'm like, you should figure out the basics first and have the foundation and then use a rebrand later on as like an elevation point. So mm-hmm. anyways, those are my thoughts from the peanut gallery. Carl, that's are- pretty good for a sales guy. See, wow. I told you, man, I know some stuff here and there, you know, I read blogs, you know, I listen I, I, to I, when I, you and Sydney and Dan talk. So I'm learning something here. I think it's because you're sitting in your wife's uh, chair. I don't, <laughs> Probably. I don't think you would have ever came up with this in your normal There is office. some inspiration to be had in this room with like the past yeah. pink wall. So you're crafting in between in, in between meetings. That's right. I think I, you bring up a good point, though. One, I mean, we won't go on this too much farther, but for a rebrand to happen as leadership you have to have clarity on where you want to take the brand and what you want it to be absolute clarity that that has to be otherwise you're going to walk into it and it's just going to be a lot of opinions and it's going to get real messy but when you have clarity on on where you want to go and what kind of company you want to be um and where you're heading that that makes everything easier all right, let's keep going. Let's look at the website. Let's do it. So website's kind of interesting. I, I, I think they spent a lot of money on their branding and advertising. The website, I don't know. I can't really tell if they spent too much. Here's the thing. This is the homepage. Um, and you can see right here there what I was talking about earlier. For your business, this is clearly B2C. And then for you being, um, or I'm sorry, for you being B2C. Um, and I found this experience to be a little clunky when I when you click on for you, it actually goes not to another page that explains things, which is what I would expect. It actually goes to a Google Chrome, um, I don't know, add-on or whatever they they call those extension, um, which to me felt like a little bit of a jump. It was it was a little strange. When I look at the site, I you know there's some obviously some good things they're doing. It's always nice to to have this you know, 2.5 billion credentials, all these, all these stars, all these stats, you know, it makes it feel pretty trustworthy. Um, the, as far as the design goes, it's, it's okay. It's a little, to me, this is pretty generic. I, I feel like any company could have this kind of outlined view of a couple of uh, devices and, you know, they're, what they're showing within them. I don't know, not that special. Like it doesn't really make me want to use the product. I'm not like, holy cow, I got to switch my password manager because this looks sweet. I'm sort of like, eh, all right, probably just the same as what I have. Um, Dan, I wonder why uh, you're, you're touching on something, right? Uh, and this is something that I'll bring up during when we look at like their social ads, but Dashlane does a really good job talking about like themselves and like why us and they skip mm-hmm. the why change conversation. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really explain to me like why I should change either from like last pass to dash lane or from no passwords and all of my passwords being Harry Potter one, two, three, right? They don't really like compel me to be like, hey, why, like, why should I change? I think another question I wanted to ask you about this, uh, this kind of like header area in the website, this hero images, I wonder why they opted to, why would, a design team opt to not use product screenshots and opt to just create like these 
images and maybe they're like sort of reflective of the product, uh, you know, but I don't know. I feel like it's a good opportunity to just show us the product, you know, and they chose not to do that. I wonder why. Um, yeah. Product's ugly. I don't know. Right. Maybe it doesn't look very good. And so they had to do this. But I don't know if you have any thoughts there. My my guess is like, I know it's, you know, from my design background, I would do that if the product's ugly, you know, if it's if yeah. it doesn't really shine well. OK, let's let's make something that, that makes it work and makes it communicate what the product does. Um, there's a trade off, though. As soon as you do that, it starts feeling generic. It starts feeling like, oh, this must be, I don't know, maybe a mix of like stock vectors and it's just sort of put together. It's, you know, it's it's not very memorable. So that's that's my assumption. Um, I, I don't know. Actually, hey, I'm Dan, not um, product, so I'm not sure. We got a good chat going here. Um, Rachel makes a great point. It seems like all they've done, all they've taken from the rebrand is a logo. It feels like a different brand. Where's the application of that incredible color palette? Where's the application? Oh my goodness. Such a great point. And, and you think, if you go back to that spot, it's an emotional re response, right? So here you have totally the opposite, whether this is like very technical and cold, informational, security first, it, like I'm getting no like emotional tugs here. It's very much like, the other side of things. So I, I think that's a good point. Like even just like those elements of the rebrand that feel really fresh and rich and, you know, interesting, just lost, you know, not. Yeah. Here. And like, they so get really like, technical, right? Like they lose me, especially on the B2C side, maybe like an, a director of IT gets it right. But like when you're talking to your B2C customers, which is difficult when you have B2B and B2C, now you're following them through the same websites. Like what messaging do you lean towards? But like, our zero knowledge patented encryption means not even we can see your passwords. Like, I don't even know what really like that means, right? Zero knowledge patented encryption. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. not even we can see your passwords. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like why I would assume that the company like stored the passwords, I guess not. So that's cool. I don't know, right? There's this huge gap in education that I still need. And Dashlane just like hits me with technicals. I think most, a lot of B2B companies, I see this quite often, and is we tend to come up with cool phrases um, like zero knowledge patented encryption. But when most people are looking for like a new password manager, they're not sitting down and be like, all right, Google, show me the ones that have a zero knowledge password patented encryption. They're, most people just don't talk that way. They, they don't think that way. And so, I think there's an element there of like um, maybe going a little too far into their own heads. And that happens all the time. Yeah. I, I don't like this messaging all at right. all. It doesn't, I mean, clearly doesn't work for a consumer, but I'm skeptical this works for a IT manager. Well, and look, I use LastPass. LastPass actually says the same thing. So they also claim to be a zero knowledge patented encryption and they, they don't see your password. So even if you're comparing options and you're really trying to like run through a fine tooth comb, it's actually not a differentiator. A lot of them uh, now claim zero knowledge patented encryption. So hmm. interesting. Maybe the never been breached, but I'm not sure. Are like password, yeah. password companies getting breached all the time? I, I don't know. But anyway. It, right. work there I mean, on the messaging. I would think that's table stakes, right? That, that just things don't get breached. Security it would be like the main thing you need, right? Um, all right. So this was the the second 
section down from their page, and this is where it kind of fell off the wheels for me. I, I think there's a lot here, too much. Um, websites are great for, obviously you wanna inform your consumer. You wanna make sure that they know like what it is that you do very clearly, very concisely. Um, but when it all is on one little section, it's just, it's just too much. Um, very noisy, hard to digest. Yeah, Carl, totally. Um, and visually, so even just the visuals, there's just, there's just a lot going on. This could be simplified. One of my biggest pet peeves is when a company says something like simple password management across all devices and the, and the page is massively complex. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you're going to say you're simple, everything's got to feel simple from a brand. Like if that's a brand pillar, then make this thing really simple. Yeah. It just feels like it's words on a page. This is a disaster. I mean, yep. I love the branding, but like when we get to the great. website is like website. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm a biz, if, if I'm in charge of looking for a new password protection place, or if I'm even just a consumer looking for, and I go to this section, like you just made my day worse. And I just don't need that. I don't like my brain now hurts and I just, I'm closing it down. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Carl, you um, said something else earlier too, that I keep coming back to like, why am I not, I'm seeing all these vague conceptual designs mm-hmm. of the product over and over as a theme, as a design mm-hmm. theme. Yeah. And I'm just yeah, like, like I don't know. Show me the product. I don't. What, what's going on here? There, um, yeah, yeah. What are they hiding? Yeah, yeah. They're they're maybe hiding something. Uh, again, maybe the product just hasn't caught up. Um, again, another thing. I go back to like my just like why change sort of mental model. If I'm a especially B two C or if I'm, like it's 2023. Like if you're not using a password manager, you're not convinced that you need one right? Like, so I need to be educated that I need one. And there's just none of that. Like, why do I need dark web monitoring? You know, like, why do I need a one click password and form? Like, there's just, there's just like, there's a, they, they skipped a step. Right. Um, and I think it harms them both here and also in their advertising. Oh, one, I, one of the things I tell clients often is that in marketing and advertising, all you're really doing is you're just an Uber driver for thinking. You want to take the the consumer, the person that's looking at this stuff. You want to take them from where they were to where you want them to be, and that's it. You're just you're just an Uber driver with your messaging, with your website. That's all you're trying to do. And I think like when you look at this, it's like they're trying to do it, but it's you're taking so many turns, and there's just there's traffic. I don't like the smell of the car. There's just too much. I'm getting out, you know. So all stuff to think about. Oh uh, yeah, more. I'm just going to go through this a little bit. This, this one looks a little cleaner. Um, there's some things on there. Pricing feels pretty straightforward. Let's go to the takeaways. Um, you know, security first, obviously that's a, that's a nice differentiation. I could see that working well within, within the matrix of communications. Um, it is the languages they do use consistent language, which is always, always good. Uh, it's clear. Um, it, it, it gets a little muddy when you add on too much of it, right? Um, there's a lot of trustworthiness. They, they've got the little icons and the stars. It's always good to establish like, hey, we're not just coming at you from somebody's basement. We're, we're a real deal. Um, dark web scan. I didn't know what that was until I visited this site. So that was nice to get a little bit of learning of like, okay, like, do I need a dark web scan? I didn't know I did. 
Um, I was sleeping fine and now I'm not like what's happening. So the, there's some design pros, obviously they, they do use hierarchy, white space, color, you know, the, the regular layout this is a very standard layout. Actually, when I think about it, most, a lot of companies use this layout, um, dark web doesn't equal dark social. Yeah. I think those are two different things. Uh, I'm not sure what the, what comes up on the dark web when, when you sign up for this company, but who knows? Um, so yeah, some interesting takeaways. I think we've had good conversation around it. Anything to add, anything to close out this section? I think the, I think the same thing we all pointed out, like this, we thought we we're looking at, uh, after the brand review, we we're looking at a company that had their shit together, right? Yeah. Like, Damn, this, this company's I'm impressed. And then we get the website and we're like, this feels like a different company. As Rachel said, it's, uh, mm -hmm. what happened here? Is that, is that the second half of 2023 project or do we just, or do they just miss it? Um, they ran out of money. Is that $10 million <laughs> oh. spot? They're like, we need to budget this for yes, for, for last year. We're right. budget here. Yeah. Yeah. They, they looked at the rest of their budget and they're like, oh, we've got just enough for a trip to Dairy Queen and back. And that's about it. So they didn't, <laughs> did not touch their website. All right. Uh, okay. Let's, let's go through the paid social. So this, this is one ad that I think we, I first, the first ad that I saw from them and I was like, yes, this is, this is sweet. This is really a great paid social ad. It's concept driven. Uh, it obviously uses their branding. It feels, and it, it feels cool. It also has, it has this forget about forgetting passwords is just a great line. It's a, it's a memorable line, you know, like my old creative director would say, it kind of sticks to the, to the roof of your head and it, and it's just very simple, right? So one of the things that I, that is the biggest challenge, especially for B2B companies is how do you go from your paid social being a headline that's good, that talks about your product or says something, a visual that's nice, that maybe a stock photo that illustrates the headline. How do you go from like that matrix of regular stuff to this world of like a concept, an idea, something that if, that is, that feels different. And, um, those, that, that small difference, sometimes even a big difference, um, really is what separates, I think, good advertising to great advertising. And I think it all has to do with, with the idea, the approach ideas are unique to the human experience. Robots can't do it. AI can't do it. AI can come up with great lines, but only we can come up with as humans, great ideas that are rooted in some sort of emotion that are rooted in some sort of history that we have. Um, this is where the gold is. And so I think this is it's a great example of having an idea concept and then having that play out in your advertising. It's also the hardest thing to do. So these, the rest of these ads, I, I can honestly say, I don't think they employ that approach. It's almost like this was done by one agency and this was done by another, to be honest. Um, there's some okay lines here. It's not terrible, mm -hmm. uh, but they're just, they're not concept based. They're not ideas. Um, it's, it's things that they have things that they do, but they're not showing something unique. Um, even the visuals, uh, pretty pretty lackluster, you know, um, 
and this this key thing it's like that's a that starts to be a cool idea a key with the different things that unlocks that's a it starts to be a unique idea but in execution it's sort of jammed down there in the side and it's it, and it's not quite perfect it looks a little photoshopped a little clunky so like there there's some notes here that's like okay that's something but then they kind of they kind of missed it so a little bit of like creative direction 101 you know you got to find the thing that what is the thing that you need to bring to the forefront and really shine and make it make it great um if you miss that kind of stuff it just falls flat so that's that's really something that always needs to be looked at hey dan doesn't it feel from- yeah doesn't it feel like the the team who did the website did these ads and then mm-hmm. the branding agency did the last ad <laughs> but yeah. it just feels like uh, what happened here yeah it's a totally. tale of two companies here it's crazy yeah the t- exactly the tale of two vendors be careful yeah all right so I guess you get what you pay for a paradigm. I don't know. They really they must know what they're doing. Hey, Dan, if you want to go back to the ads real quick, I've got a comment. Yeah. I mean, another thing that you'll notice from like a demand gen perspective is if they're all very lead gen oriented, right? It's like um, maybe try to stop your scroll. We're kind of maybe like not really taking these images super seriously, but like just try for free, try for free, try for free, sign up, get dash lane, right? Uh, start your free trial today. And again, I keep harping on this. Why change? Like, if I'm on LinkedIn, I'm not probably not about to just like stop everything that I'm doing and go sign up for Dashlane. I'm scrolling, I'm enjoying, right? Maybe I'm getting angry by Cassidy's post because I don't like them, right? Or I'm commenting or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. So educate me, like why change? Entertain me. Um, Dashlane like has no people in their advertising. You can see this on their Instagram too. Their Instagram is just full of just like static images right there's no people talking i love that super bowl commercial because i'm like man you could repurpose that and get a couple personalities internally at your company to like do some funny like TikTok videos off of that same concept right and you just see like no people it's just all again static images and nothing really like again piques my interest as to like why change why do i need stronger security i'm pretty sure my security is fine right now Password manager has never been breached. Okay. I didn't like, I don't like this is relevant to me, you know? Um, So it's all lead gen oriented. Everything here is oriented towards a person that's probably already like ready to go. There's nothing for the person that is not ready to go. That is not even considering changing their password or adopting a password manager. Like where's the creative for those that, which is like 98% of the market, right? Is in that bucket. There's no creative or anything oriented towards capturing their imagination, attention, or creating any preference for them to consider Dashlane. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, Dan, I want to read Graham's question. Um, I think it's a really good one. Um, the uniqueness of the value prop does fall flat. It's not easy to turn out copy, like forget about forgetting passwords. So is there an argument for just learning, leaning into a cool factor via design if you don't have a Rolodex of good copy to deploy? You said this yourself. This is an amazing line. Like, how do you create an environment to, yeah, how do you get there? And then how do you keep staying there? Yeah. 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 That's, I, so I, I think that, that getting there is worth it. I mean, that to me, like you, if you want to stop the scroll, if you want to be memorable, if you want to like do the things that you want your demand gen and all your advertising programs to do, 
it, you have to work at it. You have to get, you know, hire the right people, the right writers and just work at it because design is good. Um, but it, it, I, I look at it really as it has to be art plus copy and they have to work in a way that, that does something that makes it one thing, you know, it makes it its own thing. So if, if you look at like, if you look at Apple, you know, they're not just great design. Yes, they've got great design. They've got great design on their webpage, great design in their advertising, but their messaging is really what, I mean, at the end of the day, what pulls them apart and makes them very unique, makes them a company that everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to do advertising like them, right? So I, I think, I think it's, yeah, it's not easy, like you said, Graham, but that's, I think it's worth it. That's where it's worth, worth going for it. I will say right. one thing though, from experience, when you nail a line like this, you can use it over and over. Like oh, oftentimes yeah. we look at these ads like this and there's like an, ex um, an exhaustion factor that we put into this. So we got to churn out mediocre stuff at a higher frequency than one great mm -hmm. line. That one great line will just live. I like just I'd run that thing for over and over and over. Um, if it yeah. works. Right. Yeah. In fact, this, yeah, this line, I'm surprised that they're not using it, that I haven't seen it in more of their advertising outdoor, that kind of thing. Maybe I have, and I just haven't, haven't noticed. Um, so yeah, I, some takeaways, concept driven, always, always stops the scroll, always works better. Um, you know, a lot of their stuff, we've kind of picked it apart already. It, I, one more thing to note is, you know, when I look at some of these things, you have to have a clear hero in the ad. Um, this is something you see all the time. Uh, image, copy, thing. There's always stuff in the ad. People want to put things in it. And there's no, like, one thing that stands out. There's no hero. There's no one thing telling the story. Um, that's, you know, in, in this case of the ad that we like here, the hero is the line they didn't need to jam any weird keys with things. And like the, the creative team knew this, they knew that they needed the hero and then a cool way to support that hero. Right. Um, and that's really key. That's key in all your social media advertising. I want to get to this, how to elevate if we got time. I think we do. Um, this is just a little bit broader, right? But it's like, okay, what this is like, when you think about the programs you run, the marketing you run, how do you take some of this learning and actually turn the corner to elevate your own, your own work, your own brand. Um, and like we've talked about push concept, be at the end of the day, be brave and not boring. The, the ads that will stand out are the, are the ones that are brave, the ones that are willing to take a little bit of a risk and maybe do something that feels a little uncomfortable that feels out there or feels really interesting or, like doesn't feel super safe, but the, the whole feed that everybody's going through, nobody's, nobody's hoping that they see an ad. They're not hoping that they see your ad They're They just want to read their things and get on with their lives. You to be able to stop them and actually like stop their scroll or get their attention. Um, you have, you have to be pretty brave. You can't, you can't be in the back seat, you know, with some mediocre lines and just random images. It, it has to be brave. It can't be boring. 
I know it's kind of a hard thing to do, but it's very true. I see it all the time. And I see when we push things with cl when clients that are willing to like push and go out there, I'm telling you that the numbers speak for, them, for themselves. Those are the clients that are doing the best. Those are the clients that their, their engagement, their click-through ratio, all that stuff is, is much higher. And at some point for me, I look at this all day long and I see all these numbers from different clients, ones that want to play it safe, ones that want to be brave. And it's a no brainer. I'm like, these brave clients are killing it. These super safe clients that really like think through every little detail and they have it like, it's, it's not the, the numbers are different. So it's just the exercise of, um, you know, where do you, where do you want to take the person, the viewer? And how do you get them there? You know, how do you, how do you stop the scroll? So that's a big one. Uh, unique branding. I've talked about this infuse your brand. Um, that's so key to infuse your brand because you want to, you want to be uniquely you, right. Uh, push boundaries. I already talked about this. You know, you, you've got to stop them from the scroll. You know, I used to do a lot of uh, like outdoor advertising, and it's sort of what we do is sort of the same thing, right? In, in the digital world, you have to say something really quickly, you know, in, in outdoor advertising, people are flying through the road, 70 miles per hour. What are you going to say? That's going to like, that's going to make them remember that ad. That's a pretty tough thing to do. Um, so you have to, you have to be pretty concise. You have to be pretty clear. You have to be brave. Um, otherwise, you know, you, you might as well just, put your logo on and just say what you do. There's probably an app, there's probably a format for that. But um, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. It, you, you know, you have to find those right elements that, that take things just a step farther. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with concept. Uh, I've got some, just some examples. This is just some ones I pulled out the logos. Um, but if you, if you look at this ad on, you know, at first you're like, okay, it's a orangish ad, but what's, what's fun about this is this is for a company that does COI tracking. And we did this whole campaign about, um, how, how they know that COI tracking is, is dull and boring work and nobody wants to do it, but they love it. And so we just, we pointed out the truth that like, that this, this thing that they do COI tracking, that it's not fun, that it's boring. You know, so if you think about like in advertising, what was the Hertz one? Like we're number two, um, or was it, it was some other at uh, uh, rent a car place. Anyway, nobody talks a about Avis, Dan. Avis is yeah. number two. Avis, Avis is number two. It's probably like 1970s or something. Um, everybody talks about their features, their product, the things that, that make them great. Nobody talks about like if it's an ugly product, nobody talks about that they're ugly. You know, if you're ugly, talk about that. You say that you're ugly. Like that's actually more interesting and people will remember it. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's just a little learning. Say the truth, tell the truth, uh, even if it, if it sets you apart, right? Um, use cultural references, reach major Tom, you know, it's space, space guy, you kind of hear the song in the back of your head a little bit, or, you know, like this one that was for, targeting conversations, this cluing into the swipe right idea. Um, use, use graphics that are scroll stopping, you know, that are interesting. 
Um, it, you know, these are these are a couple that we've done recently. Again, I've taken out the logos, but it's, you know, if if you're just almost in our examples that we've shown with um, with the with the client we're looking at, it's like if you just put a random screen screen grab and a headline like that might work but you like to take it a step further you you really it takes a lot of work but it's worth it it's going to be worth it in the end because that's where that's where the magic happens and that's where people start to stop so um any yeah, other let things me, uh, you know, yeah uh, sorry to interrupt uh, roland has a, a a good point a good question is there any rationalization on where to start being brave, especially in B2B world where playing safe is the common rule. Like where would you start, Dan? And and you maybe you talk to some of these examples, like use this as a case study. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you know, if you if you're running an internal, let's say that you're you're running an internal team, I would start with communication with that, with the team that's in charge of of creating your your marketing, your advertising, creating the ideas. And just asking the question, what would we do if, if we didn't have all this background information and all the things that we feel like we have to put in, what would we do if, if we just decided let's be brave, let's, let's say something that, um, that is, that is unique or inherent to only us. Let's like, what would we do? And I think if you just ask that question, um, it, it helps you start thinking in a different way. Um, I, I, I've asked the question to creative teams in similar thought of like, all right, what would we do if, if we wanted to have fun? Like if we wanted to make this fun, like this, this work is okay, but what if we wanted to have fun with it? What, what would it look like? Like, let's think about that. And just asking the question can actually yield, you know, okay, well, maybe we would do this. And then you just start, you start rolling on it. Yeah, Roland, I'll give you my, uh, I'll build on what Dan said and give you my my thoughts. I would start with paid ads if you're running them. And the reason is because by not being, um, by being boring on paid media, you'll have, the results won't be there. They'll just be wasting money. So you might as well be provocative and see if you can land something that works. Now the challenge is, and I've done this myself, we do, we see this with clients, when you start seeing success, like snooze fest, then the question becomes, can I permeate that through everything else I do? And this is a challenge. It's kind of the reverse challenge of Dashline or it's Dashline on, on steroids, right? They started in advertising with a Super Bowl ad and changing their branding and have not been able to permeate that through the rest of the company. Uh, you'll run in the same situation here, but lower risk. Try this if you're running paid media on LinkedIn or on social platform. Be provocative see if it resonates, see if it turns into pipeline and revenue. Then from there, you have to have the conversation of like, does this become our company and kind of position? And how do we translate that to other touch points? Because, you know, you'll see a great snooze fest ad and then you show up on the website and it's completely different. And that's the challenge for that company today. Mm-hmm. And we need to figure out how to overcome it. But I would start there because the risk is low. Because more than likely, nobody's looking at the ads the way they've been built today. Yep. All right. That's a wrap. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Rachel and everybody else. Thanks for participating. Love the questions and the dialogue. Um, If you find this valuable, let us know. Hit me up on a DM on LinkedIn and we'll be back next month and we'll do it again. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.